Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Teach Me to Talk with Laura and Kate. I'm Laura Mize, pediatric speech-language pathologist. And I'm Kate Hensler, developmental interventionist. How are you today, Laura? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm really great. How about you? Doing fine, doing well. Yeah? Did you have good holidays? Very nice, yes. We had... uh, We've already talked about this off-show, just in case anybody thinks. Laura hasn't talked to Kate since... Before the holidays, oh my goodness, this is just the nicety of the show, but go ahead. Uh, we had Christmas at home, which was fun, nice, and then Christmas we went to Las Vegas and stayed till Friday, and that yeah. was fun. Yeah, we had a fun New Year's Eve, went to a party, at a, mm-hmm. so it was, a, it was a good holiday. That is great. And yours? I had more time off than I've had off in years. Johnny and I were trying to trace that back today, and we can't really remember the last time we were off that much. So it was really good and really overdue. I know. (laughs) But it's made today a lot harder, you know what I mean? Pretty much ever since you've started the website, you've been chronically busy. Yeah. That's when I traced it back to the in 2007 yeah. when I took off two weeks to get the website going. Mm-hmm. That's the and, and we've had trips here and there, but I've, they've always you know been combined with work. And so, really, it's been about five years or longer since we were off for that long. Mm-hmm. So it was again really, really, really nice. We weren't really off, and you know by off I just mean we did the bare minimum, which to me is so. There you go. Mm-hmm. No extra projects, but I know you have some extra projects coming, which is always exciting. See, I get to enjoy them, and I don't have to do them. So, <laughs> woohoo! We were talking about that earlier today. I've made all these plans. All the all the time off gave me lots of mental time that I was available. That's to what you plan, did. You plan, came up plan. with a bunch more ideas. Well, that's good. You need you need to keep. Coming up with As new I ideas. Was cooking and wrapping and doing all of those things. Yeah, it gave me a lot of time to think. So it was great. I'm excited about it. My AI2, my new website, should launch hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I hope we're having our final call with our website people uh, tomorrow morning. So I'm hoping that the purpose of the call is for them to say it's ready to go. Um, so that'll have a lot to say about that in the coming weeks. I did want to mention that the Christmas deal that we ran through the holidays for uh, all of TeachMeToTalk.com's DVDs, so it's a five-DVD set plus all three therapy manuals, um, we're going to extend that sale until Friday because it's been so popular, and I don't want that deal to go away if anybody's planning, you know, the first paycheck after Christmas or however they're managing their funds. So that will last through Friday if anyone's listening and still wanted to take advantage of that deal. So if you can find information about that at my website, teachmetotalk.com, and I think it's probably one of the first posts. It'll say Christmas deal, and you can take a look at that. And I also wanted to do a big shout-out, and I did this on teachmetotalk.com's Facebook page last week, but I wanted to say it on the show. Big thank you to all of the people in um, 
Pennsylvania who are recommending TeachMeToTalk.com products because we are shipping lots and lots and lots of packages to Pennsylvania. And then I wrote that on, uh, again, on the Facebook page, and a couple people chimed in that they wrote uh, TeachMeToTalk.com into their IFSPs as a strategy for parents. And I thought that was a fabulous idea and want to welcome anyone else (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to do that as well, but uh, again, thanks to the people who were doing that because that that's been great. You know, and when you start to ship, you know, nine or ten packages in a single day to the same state, you start thinking somebody has recommended this. This probably Ooh, is not put the word out in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's awesome, though. I mean, it was great. Yeah, yeah. And I do notice things like that. You know how weird I am about names and places and things like that. Anyway, uh-huh. it must be it must be a a good speech therapist who has a an affluent clientele, so she's good and she's figured out she can just give your website and she doesn't have to, you know, provide the information herself. I can help her train. I can help her train her parents, and I would love to do that for anyone else who's listening. So please, and again, I wanted to give that person a shout out. I'm not exactly sure. You know, a couple of people responded on that. I should have probably looked at their names, but anyway. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. They wanted to mention that. Uh, what else is going on with you, Kate? Anything, any exciting stuff with clients? We're waiting on our caller to call in. It's not quite here yet. Um, some time. Anything exciting with my clients? Um... I will I've started, say, I've started a couple of new ones, which has been fun. Yeah. Mhm. Uh, you know, one is a little under two, and one is two and a half, and uh, cute little boys, both both pretty language delayed, but different in their own way. But yeah, um, fun to see new kids again because you know you get, you know, it's a new challenge. Got to figure them out. So I'm in the figuring them out stage. Yeah, I think that's fun too. I shared with you earlier that I'm about to see some babies, some little babies, some two-month-olds and some three-month-olds and you know six-month-olds, just to do some uh, norming things for um, a new set of research or a new tool that someone's putting together. So I'm so excited to get to do that, and it'll be fun to hold a new baby and play and do all those things since most of our friends are significantly older than that, if you can call a two-year-old significantly older, but that's really exciting for me. I can't wait to share about that. All right, we'll talk about that on another day since our caller is here. Oh, good. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Good. How are you? We're really good. Thank you so much for joining us today. You sent me the best email in December, and I don't know if you have updates about your little guy since then, but I'm so excited that you took me up on the offer to be on the show because I thought your questions about your little guy were so um, great, and we'll have a great opportunity to talk about things I think can really help other parents uh, because we hear lots of similarities with your little guy's case history as we do with other kids, too. So why don't you just tell us what's going on, and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, well, he is, his name is Cohen. He's 20 months now. Um, he, at this point, is not saying any words um, spontaneously 
if prompted, I have gotten him to say ball um, and mama, but only mm-hmm. only with prompts. Um, and his history, um, I mean, he he had a lot of ear infections from about four months until 13 months when he got his final, his second set of two. Um, yeah. And because of all the problems, during that time, his language was not my chief concern, obviously. I mean, I don't he even remember sick. thinking yeah. about it at all um, yeah. when he was sick because it was like, well, of course he's not babbling because he can't hear. Um, right. My my older son had tubes at 15 months, and once he got his tubes, his language gradually got better and then just exploded. So I assumed that we would have a similar experience because um, even even now, his his um, development is in every other area is completely on target, if not above age level. Um, you were you know, telling us that. Well, let me back up. With his receptive language, his receptive language is great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his the initial screener for the early intervention said, I'm shocked that he doesn't have any cognitive delays because normally that's what you see. Um, right. Can you with have a, that with an expressive language delay, and his speech therapist does the same thing. You know, every we just kind of had a little three-month evaluation or quarterly, I guess, evaluation on Friday. And she uh-huh. said, you know, I continue to be amazed at how much she understands um, right. just from seeing him interact. So um, anyway, yeah, we so love we, got him. we love little kids who understand everything like that. We're like, woo yeah. you're not. Yeah, and that, he, that he is and that's right. and windmill at 19 yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why initially I wasn't too concerned because, it was clear to me that he understood what I was saying, and I just thought, okay, you know, he has an older brother who is not much older. They're only 15 months apart, and oh, his brother talks all day long. So <laughs> Poor you, you know, with babies 15 months apart. Yeah, that was fun, huh? Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> continues to be very, uh, very fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, everybody says things like, oh, my son didn't talk until he was five, or... You know, my my he's not talking because his brother's talking for him, and and I do oh. think that's true to a certain extent. But I've heard, I heard you say, I won one of the podcasts I listened to. You know, normal language <laughs> development, you're seeing progress, even right. if it's maybe slower than normal. Right. And I'm not I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that hardly at all. And so that was why I initially I, I got jumped here. ahead. I kind of jumped sure. ahead when I put that in about his receptive language, you were going to say that developmentally across the board, like with walking and with right. other milestones, he's hit all of those on time, right? Right, yeah. I mean, our, You know which ones I, what I would question on that based on your original letter is fine motor. Okay. He wasn't waving and he wasn't pointing when he came in, right? That's, um, he was pointing some. Yes, but he uh-huh. wasn't at fifteen, sixteen months. He wasn't really waving. He wasn't really clapping. Um, right. So gesturally, yeah. he's delayed. He was. Yeah, he is doing all of that now. Good. Um, yeah. So yes, you're right. That that may have been a little off. But in but when they evaluated him in fine motor, you know, in all areas, he wasn't right. significantly right. delayed. Right. Um, I guess yeah, you're right. Um, you know, and a lot of times kids won't even qualify as a fine motor delay on those tests, Kate, because they're looking at what they're doing during play and not considering gestures as part of fine motor. Right. But, 
I mean, we know that it is, and when you look at it kind of logically, you would include that. But I've had that happen with other kids, too. They didn't qualify for OT or PT because motor-wise, everything looked like it was kind of Right, well, they're pretty functional, right. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I could say that. But that is surprising for a kid who is, you know, who cognitively is so strong and receptive language and then to be so low on the gesture scale. That's all I'm saying. You know, you would expect him to use a lot of gestures. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear he's using a lot well, more. Well, and he, I will say, he wasn't he wasn't using those gestures in a in the sense of, like, waving and stuff, but in terms of communicating with gestures, he is, he is very clear. Um, okay. And that, I think, is why it's hard sometimes for us to encourage him to use language because yeah. he's very good at communicating to us. I mean, my, my favorite example is that after Christmas we had they got some candy in their stockings and we put it up on our mantle. So that's like the only place that they can't get things. Right. And he walked into the living room, pointed at the candy, pointed to himself, looked at me, and nodded his head. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, very clear what he, what he wanted, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff, you know, he's you know, he's very really good at that. But then, uh-huh. you know, today I had turned on a video after lunch and it's like um the wiggles, it was like all different songs. You can just skip to different songs. Uh-huh. And I guess he didn't like the songs that were on and so a song would come on and he would start stomping his feet and grunting and shake his head. And mm-hmm. you know, then like I would change the like song. That. Yeah, I yeah. would change the song, and you would keep doing it, and then I, you know, he kept doing it. And finally, I was like, you know, if you don't want to watch it, I can turn it off. And he would shake his head, and I would say, okay, well, then we're going to watch this song. And he would shake his head, and that was like, mm-hmm. you know, that was an example where I really had no idea what yeah. he wanted, and he was getting so frustrated. Um, yeah, do you think he so wanted a specific song and he just couldn't tell you which one yeah, he wanted? Yeah, and I don't to. know. You know, yeah. I went through like ten different songs, and I didn't, and none of yeah. them were the ones he that's wanted. Hard. So, that's really you hard. know, there's there's both sides of it. You know, that on one hand, sometimes it's very clear, and other times, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's well, that well, where he really is a smart little boy, and you know, you can't. Yeah. That's what. When parents say maybe he doesn't talk because we talk for him or we don't make him talk, now, if he could talk, he would tell you, right? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. but yeah. I mean, like, you know, if that, the one the one thing that he's doing a little better in that I think I said he wasn't doing very well when I first emailed you is imitating. Um, uh-huh. And he's still not doing awesome, but lately, like the last few days, if I say, tell him to say more, he start, he'll make like the M sound. Um, okay, that's for him is like yeah. huge. I mean, he, exactly. And and if I prompt him a couple of times, then he'll kind of do it on his own for that time. Um, so like, but that's what I mean. Is sometimes I don't encourage him to do that if I know that what he wants is just more. You know. Exactly. Um, so that's kind Look, of what I'm, I meant about that. We yeah, we kind of skipped ahead too. If you had him tested, did you already say when you had him tested and that he qualified for speech? Did you give us that um, background information? No, yeah, I well, he we went to his 15 month well visit, uh-huh. and the, our pediatrician is great. He's definitely not an alarmist or someone who would like suggest something anywhere ahead of time. Um, right. Which I've kind of known from my older son. I've kind of sometimes had to push him a little bit. Um, right. So he said, so you know, doctor, yeah, he uh-huh. did. You know, he seems normal developmentally. The fact that he's not talking does not concern me yet. 
And I didn't have done enough any sort of research at the time to really disagree, but he said, you know, at 18 months we'll revisit it. Well, I knew from my experience with my older son being in early intervention for gross motor, which, I mean, he's totally normal now, but I knew that it takes a couple couple months sometimes to get him into the system. So I thought, you know, I've always heard earlier the better, so I'm going to get him, I'm going to call. If he qualifies and he ends up not needing it, then I don't, that's fine, great. But if he does need it, then I don't want to wait to call until he's 18 months and not get him in until he's 21 months. 21 you know. months, yeah. yeah. So, we yeah, know. Actually, we definitely yeah, know. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. So it actually went really quickly. I don't know, you know, it, within, you know, just a couple of weeks. I think I called about, at about 15 and a half months, and by 16 months, no, wait, he got Do you mind saying what green. state you're in? Sorry, I'm in South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. Okay, good. Um, good to know. Yeah, so... 16, about 16 months, I think, is when they did the screening. And I think it was maybe late October, early November, the first time the speech um, therapist actually came for, like, a real session. So he was right, right, at, eight, right at 18 months or so mm-hmm. um, when we actually started um, in full. So he has a speech therapist coming once a week or, you know, four or five times a month, and then an early, just like a play therapist who comes mm-hmm. every other week. Or two times a month. Yeah, and are, is um, she working? What are her goals? Is she well, working pretty much the same agency? thing. Just kind of less. Yeah. She's there. The agency that she that sends her, they don't. She doesn't bring anything with her. Like her goal is to encourage language with what we have in our house. Right. So yeah. she just kind of uses, kind of follows his lead. If he gets out the blocks, then she will start playing with him. I mean, I'm there too. You know, still play with the blocks right. and kind of encourage language based on his lead, whereas, you know, the SLP, hers is more right. targeted. She brings her own stuff. So There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you've okay, to so any of our shows, you know how we feel about that. <laughs> about the about the um, one who kind of follows his lead, you mean? Well, yeah. not that it's, yeah. Well, we're talking about and bringing our bring own stuff. Before, That's kind yeah. of our pet peeve, so there you go. <laughs> Following following a kid's lead is good regardless of whether you have – it doesn't matter to me if I'm hauling in toys or if they're coming to see me right. in the office and we have toys. If they bring something out of the diaper bag that they want to play with, right. that's what we're going for. So following yeah, and our, a and our lead SLP is, does that. Yeah. I mean, she, our free yeah. service is wonderful about that because, um, yeah. yeah. And you, your therapist, it's going um, – They've established good relationships with you and Poet, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, we love the, we love our, I mean, the play therapist, you know, we don't see as much, but the speech therapist, I, I mean, she's wonderful. She's enthusiastic and she communicates with me and she's always, you know, the right about the time I emailed you, I just like um, directly asked her if she thought that he might have apraxia. And, and she what was she very, she, well, she said, which is probably what you would say, that at this point she really couldn't say um, right. just because he's not really talking. So how can you tell if he's saying sounds right or not? Um, right. But she did so say that. How Chelsea? What made you oh, feel like that after you were, um, tell us your whole little kind of procedure because other moms are going to be listening to this and right. saying, Apraxia, as a mom, what, what, what is that? How would I well, know that? Well, I, it was partly from, yeah, partly from reading 
I think I found a post on your blog, and that might have been how I found your blog, was just kind of like signs of, I don't know if it was signs of apraxia. I think it was. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And one of the things initially that made me think it was that I would make a sound and he would try to imitate it, but he wouldn't actually make any sound. Like he would just move his mouth up and down. Open his mouth with no voice. Open right. his mouth with no sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. And it was clear that he was trying. He was really trying. It wasn't like I wasn't engaging him or he wasn't in a good mood. Like, he really wanted to communicate, and he just couldn't figure out how to do it. Right. right. Um, so that, combined with the fact that in every, I was trying to find, you know, what kind of issue could there be where he's normal in every other way, but he just cannot. Because it's clear that, at least in his head, he knows what he wants to tell me. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's not, you know, I've no one has ever thought that he had autism or anything like that. I mean, I thought that maybe right. at first, and my mom works with special needs kids, and she was like, he does not, he does not have autism. Because, <laughs> no. you know, he's yeah. social and, you know, he's, I mean, he's never, it's not been, that's never been a, a concern of the doctor, the speech therapist, the screeners, anybody. Or Nobody you. has ever thought that. Right, and yeah. I never thought that. So. Right. That was what, to me, it was like, well, if if I can give it a name, this would be the closest thing, you know, or maybe it's, maybe it's not severe, but it's, it's partly an issue. I guess, but that was the thing is that the speech, ther- speech therapist said, even if he does have apraxia, she would not change what she was doing. Like, she would still right. be doing perfect. therapy the same way. So Right, and that is what I hoped that you would say, and it sounds like she is, confident with her treatment approaches. Tell me what you guys are doing. What what are you working on? Are you signing? Yeah, we are, and he does do some signs. Um, okay. He, and he's been very quick to pick them up um, when we have introduced them. And um, right now, I think we just kind of, when she came Friday, we kind of did our next quarter goals. And I, right now, she, I think one of our goals is for him to have ten novel words. Uh-huh. Um, which was one of our goals at the very beginning. And but. I don't think either of us would say that he even has one yet. Um, yeah. She has, we have consistently gotten him to say ball when we've had balls out, and it's very clear that that's what it is. But he has only said it when I prompt him. And um, let me kind of redirect your focus, Chelsea. Sure. I would really go with him imitating anything. Because okay. it may be a while before right. he's really going to be able to spontaneously sure. request something or label or anything. So I don't want you to look at imitation as a bad thing. And for a little guy, that to me, of course, not having seen him, I'm only going with what you've said yeah. and what you wrote. But it sounds like to me that's his core skill he's missing is the ability right. to imitate. And so yeah. I would focus all of your attention on hearing him try to imitate more frequently and get closer to the target versus spontaneous words at this point. I would just, sure. your, your your big success just needs to be, oh, my goodness, he imitates me all day, every day with, you know, half the words I try to, you know, model or, for a lot of kids, it's just that he says, 
he tries to say ten different words. Is that what you mean in the goal? Right. Not necessarily spontaneously, but just yeah. ten different words. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think it. Okay. Yes, I think that's okay. it. And, and if that in that case he he had said ball. Um, he really this last Friday it sounded like he was trying to say more. Um, that was the first time we either of us really heard him make the M sound. And so mm-hmm. I think right now she's really trying to work on him saying the B and the M you know, yeah. consistently and even just, just to encourage any sort of yeah. vocalization at all. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, for us, where we are right now, if we're trying to get him to say, you know, an animal sound, he'll do a couple animal sounds somewhat consistently, but they all start with what M or B. For them. Okay. He'll do cow and he'll do sheep. Okay. Those are the two that he does the most, which, of course, have M's and B's. Um, that's but, great. You know, that, right, yeah. And so he'll do that. Um, this last Friday, I really almost cried because it was kind of what you're saying about following his lead. She had a Mr. Potato Head, which he loves, and she was trying to kind of get him to imitate the names of the body parts, like, you know, eye or nose or just something, mm-hmm. you know, like sure. it sounded like that. But he thought once it was put together that it was so funny it to like get me like he would pick it up and kind of put it on me and go ah you know like yeah i got you and so and then i would pretend uh-huh. to be scared and he thought that was so funny mm-hmm. and she got him to say you know do you want him to get me or do you want him to get mama and he would say mama um Yay. and then i would i would say ah you know and he would laugh and he just thought that was hysterical um, and he probably did it four or five times, and that's the first time I've ever heard him say "Mama" at all. Um, oh, so that was sweet, and it was real. That was really encouraging because that was a brand new word that he'd never said. Um, exactly said before. Exactly. You know, and she sounds like she is so on the right track with looking at what he can already do and what he sort of seems close to being able to do, and she's keeping it. Um, she's picking great targets i think just looking at it from a sound perspective with okay we've you know he's got the b for ball so let's see what other sounds or other words you know what other sounds would be close to that and then what other words he he might be close to saying mm-hmm. based on what he can already do so she sounds to me like she's got a great plan for him going and do you do bubbles like with him Sorry, what? Do you do bubbles with him? Yes, and that actually is another word that he has said um, before. Yes. She, she yeah, brings bubbles what, almost every week. That's mm-hmm. what I would say, Kelsey, is look at what he has tried to say in the past and drive those words home because you are more likely going to hear what he's attempted to say and sort of gotten close to saying. And I would just mm-hmm. concentrate on the Increasing right. the Get frequency. verbal motor running right, getting those yeah. more often, so he yeah. finds his voice. Yeah, and yeah. so on a day that he, I love that she tried that he said "mama" like four or five times in that one activity. Mm-hmm. So then you'll want to, anything that you've heard him say, or like even today or tomorrow or the next day, anything that he says that's getting pretty close, even if it's not perfect. You want to get that word or that word attempt over and over and over again because that practice is what's going to help that get a lot clearer and, again, get closer to that target. 
Okay. So, so it sounds really like you guys are on the right track treatment-wise with that. And the other thing I would do with his signs is I would really <laughs> – Kate and I both say this all the time. You know what I'm going to say, Kate. As they're signing it, we say, say it, say it, say it, so that they get the idea that they need to start putting words with their signs. Okay. And so that's something that I would really encourage, too. And I know that it's a little foreign sometimes for parents because we're we're saying we're going to use the signs because he's he's not talking yet or he's not ready to talk or whatever. But signs really should be a bridge, first of all, to communicate yeah. what he wants to do, and secondly, to get you to words. And so many times kids, when we really start looking at the first words they try to say, it usually is if their therapists and parents have pushed it, um, they try to say the words that they've been signing. Don't you find that to be true, Kate? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so look at the, sign, the signs that you're using and see if you can start um, really pushing those kinds of words to Chelsea. Now, does he try to imitate his brother? Yes. Um, yeah. The, that, you know, one of the other things that had made me consider apraxia was that he just is just not very vocal or verbal at all, and he never really has been. Um, yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's it's hard when you tell, when I tell some friends, like, Cohen's in speech therapy because he's not talking, and they say, they say, my child, my nephew, well, whoever, didn't talk until they were three, but what they mean was they couldn't understand them very well. Right. But right. they were making sounds. You right. know, that even if they weren't real words, like they were sounds. And I'm like, you don't understand. That's not what I'm saying. Like, what I'm saying is yeah. he doesn't make any sounds other right. than the grunting. So, the, but the one few times when I do hear him do it is when they're in the back seat of the car and his brother is talking to him. And he, you know, will make sounds back. Um, That's great. You know, do you or hear more vocalizations if you guys are roughhousing or playing, yeah. you know, yeah. like jumping yeah. or anything like that? That's another yeah, every uh, Yeah. Every time I've ever, I mean, even yesterday, I guess, I was trying to get, just to get that M sound from him some more because, you know, that was the first time we heard it and, so he just loves. I think I might have said this in one of my in my email that he loves to be tossed on the bed, like you know, thrown up and yeah. dropped on yeah. the bed. And that was how I taught him how to sign more, because um, I would drop him and I would say, you know, do you want more? And he would he would sign it. And yeah. that's how I got him to say the M sound. And I I said, you know, say more probably three times, and maybe by the fourth time I would just drop him and wait and look at him, and he would go. Mm. Um, but yes, exactly even with what Ms. even yeah, even with that, Mr. Potato Head and saying "Mama," you know, he was on my lap, and I was like bouncing whenever I said, "Oh no, it got me!" You know, I mean, he he responds really well to that, and that's what I was, you know, what I was asking partly about the sometimes the lack of motivation is it's like in that context, he he can say "Mama," like I've heard him say it, but right. in other contexts. You know, I'll say, you know, can you say mama, or, or and I'll put it in the form of a question, like who do you who do you want to pick you up, papa or mama? And he just shakes his head, you know. So, you know, and I don't know that motivation would be the right word, right? That you're I know you said thinking. that, and that's why that's yeah. why I don't understand. Like, I don't really understand that. I guess. You know. 
motivation. Let's just talk about it. Well, first of all, let me just say I don't really I don't really ever think about a kid being not motivated to do something because when we are figuring out what they like and what they want, it's our job to do that right. and to help them and to provide that. So um we've got to always make sure that what we're doing is big enough or fun enough or they want it enough to overcome any, you know, so that that's not even a, a piece of it anymore, the whole motivation. Right. And the whole, I don't know if you've heard me talk about this, Chelsea, or if you've read this article on my website called Can't Versus Won't. But what you're talking about sort of sounds like that. And Kate has already said this. If he could talk, I think he would talk already because right. he's a smart little boy. He obviously is communicating, and so there would be no reason for him to withhold or for him to choose not to talk. He's not talking because he can't talk. Mm-hmm. And so that whole lack of ability piece, I would try to look at that. I don't even know that I would call that, but I would try to kind of change how you think about it mm-hmm. and, and change how you approach it. And if he could talk, he would talk, and I've got to get him ready. We've got to put all these pieces in rather than, he's always oh, just not motivated, or, oh, he's a boy, or, oh, his brother talks foreign, right. or, oh, any other you know, pick a reason, any reason, all the dumb things that people can say to you about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bottom line, yeah. he can't do it yet, which is why he's not doing it. And whether that's because he's a practic or, you know, whether it's a biological disorder or any other, you know, diagnosis, that doesn't really matter. I love that your therapist said that too because she's saying, guess what, I would do the same darn thing because I'm going to do what I know works to get kids moving in the right direction. So it sounds to me like she's on the right track with thinking Mm -hmm. we're going to play play, we're going to put signs in place, we're going to look at what he can already try to do and already is getting more successful at as far as what sounds he can make and then kind of move from there. So I wouldn't look at it like motivation other than for you to think, Boy, if he doesn't like this, if this isn't if if this doesn't make him want to try, then the the motivation piece falls to you. Right, you've got to change it so that he does become um, more into it and tries. And on some level, I think it's even worse for kids who are really smart because. <laughs> He he knows he can't do it sometimes. You know what I mean? I mean, do you ever hear that or think that when you're not hear it? But do you think that when you're looking at and playing with him, you know, like he said, he just shakes his head like, I can't do it, Mama. Right. Not I'm refusing to do it, right? Right, yeah. And that's what kind of breaks my heart sometimes because, yeah. you know, that and that's, that's what, you know, that's what kind of is the hardest part is just like I feel like, you know, one day when, I believe he will start talking, you know, it may be later than his brother, but at some point he will, that there's going to be this wealth of information that's, you know, going to flow out that he's just been storing up for his whole life, yeah. you know, because he, yeah. he he picks up, you know, if you ask him, where's the, 
you know, dolphin? Where's the beluga whale? Where's the killer whale? Right. I mean, he can tell you. He can point right to him, and he knows. Right. Um, and so you have to know there, Chelsea, that if he could talk, he would talk. And right. so this is a real, I mean, this is a, a developmental issue. It's not just that he's not motivated or he doesn't want to communicate or anything like that. So just rule that out. And yeah, you yourself just know I've got to be super empathetic to this little guy who is doing his very best, and I just have to put everything in place um, to set the stage so that, you know, we're, we're pulling these pieces together and, and know that he's going to get there eventually. Right. So I wouldn't look at it I as would... a whole motivation thing anymore, other than to know if he's not trying, you got to make it more fun or switch to something that he wants a little more so that it does kind of propel him to try harder. The motor things you're doing, all the movement, all those kinds of games, keep all that up. It sounds like he's like, you know, 90% of the kids that we see when they're in this age range, movement really, really works for everybody because it does get your body going and it does, for whatever reason, make it easier for um, kids who have that motor planning piece to produce sound. So you want to be sure that you're always including that as part of kind of your pregame when you're about to have a therapy session or when you're about to work with him and really include that movement as a purposeful thing for you to you to think about and set up um, so that you can, you know, get him get his little body ready to talk. And uh, and he doesn't have occupational therapy, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, and you would hope that is his speech therapist using some movement stuff too. Have they taught you about that, how that kind of goes hand in hand? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and like you said, I mean, I... Yeah, and I think for me, no, just that for me it's more... I just have to. I need to be more proactive about doing that with him because a lot of the times when it happens, it's kind of accidental, you know. <laughs> like right. I'll throw him on the bed and then he'll laugh, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a this is a good time to do it," which yeah. is great. But like, I probably should, you know, it doesn't happen every day, um, and so I really need so to be a little more. That's one thing I would change. Is really making yeah making that part of your. Um, Regular routine with him. And I think you have an interesting situation. Don't you work from home? Did you say that? Yes. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. yeah and I, I mean, know not, that's hard. Yeah. 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 The um, hard part is just that every day does not look the same. Um, yeah. You know, so some days we're home all day and other days we're not. Um, right. And we do have a routine in the sense of they take naps at the same time and they eat meals at the same time. But, you know, some mornings we're home. Some mornings they're at preschool. Sure. So, um, anyway. And that seems yeah, that, pretty normal. But what what I was meaning to say with that is that I think it's almost harder for, and I, I can say this as a person who had my office at home forever um, until this past year too, it's really hard when you are working and parenting children at the same time to remember all of these little things that, you know, especially if that 
not part of your routine. And you have a kid that's 15 months older than him. So, boy, you know, what a life you're living anyway. So don't well, beat yourself that's the hard up. Thing, that's the hard thing about the movement stuff because <laughs> if I yeah. start to toss one, one person into the air, guess who wants to be tossed into the air? <laughs> Exactly. Which is fine, except for, you know, he weighs like 40-something pounds. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, I just don't feel like it right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's normal. Yeah. That's totally normal. Yeah. Um, and that might just be something you're just going to have to figure out. How can yeah. I incorporate more of this? And the other thing that you might really do is even let, Instead of tossing and stuff, just letting him do a lot of that movement. Like, I don't yeah. know how, how you are about letting him jump in the bed or if you have a little yeah. trampoline or if you would be okay with him getting on the couch and jumping off, you know, 25 times in a row. Yeah. Let no, him yeah, that's do fine. a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, you know, you're taking that, that your part of the work out of that, but he's still right. getting that same little sensory boost. Or even, you know, just running from point A to point B, you know, 30 times in a row, that back and forth and back and forth. And you don't necessarily have to do that with him. Right. But, you know, just... But he and his brother can race back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And get his little motor running, like Kate said before, so that that movement piece is built in. And then you can work your language stuff into that. And that... You'll do much better even if he's just... When you said why, you were asking, I always give my optimal level of arousal explanation. Kids kids are gonna like that are going to get a word out most easily if they're really excited, really mad, or really scared. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all the stars have to align. They get the adrenaline flowing. Boom, there's a word. But unless you've got them there, don't expect a word too much. Yeah. For a while. Well, not, I've seen that to be true because the only other times I've ever heard him make anything that sounded like mama was when he was like, we put a gate up between our dining room and kitchen. And, uh-huh. you know, when he desperately wants me to pick him up. He's mad. Every once yeah. in a while, he'll just stand there and scream and go, mama, mama, mama. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that, so that, I've definitely seen that to be true. Um, uh-huh. Like I said, I think for That's me, it's really mad. That's yeah. Good. You want to hear him say mama? Put him on the other side of the gate. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, probably not the best therapy uh, <laughs> to do, at least not no. to do regularly. Laura anyway. has a good article or two about getting him to say mama, and they're nice. They they go for fun, not mad. But yeah, mad I, I have times time when he, he can pop out a word. Yeah. Yeah. Scared is great, so you got to go for fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but use that theory, Chelsea, and just figure out how you can kind of get him revved up a little more often. And I know, yeah. you know, from a mom perspective, you're saying you want me to rev up my one-year-old and how old is your older son, three yet? or he's, he's, still? Almost, he's almost three. He's still two, yeah. Yeah, so how do you want me to rev up my one- and two-year-old? You know, is that really <laughs> realistic? But that probably is what it's going to take for him to consistently. Yeah. And then once he gets there it'll get easier for him to be able to produce those words with less effort. Right. With less physicality and stuff. As it gets easier. Yeah, it does get easier. But if we were seeing him for therapy, that's one thing we'd really do is get him hyped up. And you can even do that, even if the physical part is good and you're going to need to do that. But even when you're just playing with bubbles or playing with a ball or something, you know, you want to be really on and really fun and really yeah. 
fully in the moment and engaged. And that that hook will oftentimes make it a lot easier for kids to start to pop out those words, especially when they're signing. If you're sitting there saying, you know, tell me more, and you're really kind of flat or adult-like, it is not going to be as successful as, as when you're saying, say it, say more, tell me more, 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 more. You know, and again, we don't always have to understand why things work. We just have to do it. Right. <laughs> and, and, and getting them hyped up like that will make it a lot easier, especially when you're trying to get those first words consistently producing. But it sounds like you're working on the right targets. I wouldn't change any of that other than to try to elicit some kind of vocalization every time you get a sign. Keep pushing your sign so that you're getting newer signs. You know, yeah, you know what sign, sign it, I would introduce and try and get them to say pretty quickly? seems like I have a lot of kids who are practic who I can get this pretty quickly. Help. Okay. Yeah, we've done can that here and there. I need, to, I need to be more consistent with it, but yeah. Can he say it? Does he ever try and say no, it? No, I mean, he can't say it, but he's he's tried to sign it. Um, well, it's a pretty I'm, easy thing to say, and I usually say use your use your windy sound. Help. And I put their hand in front of my hand so they feel me blow. Okay. And it's usually a pretty easy word to get. Okay. Don't you think, Laura? I do. But, you know, has he done hot yet or hat or anything with an H, Chelsea? Um, a little I bit. Be- and I mean, not, not any of his words. Because really right now, I mean, I, when when he first started speech therapy and she said, you know, we're going to try to get ten words, I was like, well, that's not very many. That's what I, th- I thought at first. As the months wore on, I thought felt like that would be climbing Mount Everest to get ten yeah. words. And so... Yeah. She really is focusing more right now just on getting him to say sounds, you know, like I said, anything at all. And ate that ha-ha, you know, she had him yeah. saying hi to a little person. If he said hi, he could put him in the bus, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and and she did get, I, we did hear that sound some. So I don't I think she went to Wendy's sound. Hot, yeah. hat, help. Okay. Yeah. I would try those because that usually, I mean, really all he has to do is open his mouth and breathe. Right. That. <laughs> Pantsing like a dog. Sometimes yeah, he's done that face. before. That's what he says is the, what a dog says. Um, exactly. Exactly. And so because he's got that little sound, transition that to more of a word with okay. help, with hot hot i love hot especially for yeah. little boys so tonight when you're doing something yeah. for dinner cook and <laughs> then you know do the whole hot 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 and really emphasize the and the breathiness of that because you know that he can do that sound from panting what other yeah. you said he's got the the m and the b with new and ba if he's got the b for ba i would and for ball i like kate said the bubble i would also try to get it with a car like beep 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 yeah, and that's, that's one thing the speech therapist has done a lot. Um, yeah. she all, we always do something with cars or, you know, and, but I've never heard him actually try to, try to do well, that one. He, he will make, he has started, and this he did this when he was probably about a year old, and then it, it stopped. But he has just in the last week started making kind of like a brrr, like when he's rolling a train or rolling a car. Yeah. So I've been happy to hear that because, you know, yeah. that, that was my older son, you know, he didn't say a lot of words at first, but he knew probably like 25 different animal sounds. 
or you you know, <laughs> things like that. And so at least, you know, there was sounds. And so I'm glad to hear that he's he's at least making that sound. And that's just on his own. You know, that's just when he's just playing by himself. So that's just emerging, yeah. And so you'll want to really encourage those kinds of little vocalizations, too. And don't get caught up yet if it's not a word at the beginning. You, right. you could just got to get him noisier since yeah. he's been so darn quiet. And even, like, yelling when you're running, you know, and just acting crazy. Just, sort of, ah, you know, anything like that will help him become more consistently vocal. And so, again, I wouldn't worry too much. Even if he's trying to say a word, if he's completely off target, I would just yeah. really reward his effort. Yeah, well, that's what we've been doing. That. Yeah, that's yeah. what the therapist and I have both been. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if you see this. I, I always felt like with my first son, when the therapist came, not for speech, but for you know, other things, that he responded uh-huh. to her much better than to me. But yeah. Cohen responds to me a thousand times better than to the therapist. I mean, he likes her. But if right. we're trying something really hard, she just gives whatever it is to me and has me do it because for some reason she sounds much really better. smart. She sounds <laughs> really, really smart, Chelsea. <laughs> well, anyway, so I don't know, it's just interesting because he, yeah, I think he, I have to, my husband has to remind me sometimes how smart he is. Because right. sometimes I let him get away with things, and he's like, he totally, he totally. No, I was saying that your therapist. I was saying your therapist. I was saying oh, she is really, gotcha. really smart gotcha, gotcha. because he's realizing, okay, he's gonna, he's gonna be a little more successful if he, if mom does this. Yeah, yeah. And no, so she's I great. love that she is doing that. With, I'm not saying he's purposefully holding out, not doing it for her. I would, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that your therapist is. Gotcha. I love it when people realize that and, and, you know, want to get the end result is let's get him trying this. I'm not here to, you know, show mom I'm the best speech therapist that ever lived. I'm here to get this little guy to talk. And if he's going to do it better yeah. for her than for me, here's how you do it, mom. And, you know, she coaches yeah. you through that. So that's Yeah, she's that's really, great. really great. Let me ask you this, Chelsea, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but have you bought any of my products? I haven't yet. Okay, I'm going to send you, as your thank you for calling today and letting us talk to you, my book that I wrote last year called Building Verbal Imitation in Toddlers because lots of the things that we're talking about with getting him more vocal and doing lots of sounds with animal sounds and car noises and making him try to vocalize while he's signing and all of these things – they're really there's some really great practical target words that you could use to do all of that, and I want you to have that information so that it's a little bit more structured when you're thinking about working with him at home. And I love that you've already realized he's going to do this better for me than he is for her, so I've got to really get on this here yeah. and get it going. <laughs> so I want to be sure that you have a really good tool um, to use with that. And I hardly ever give away books. I'm Kate, you're Thank probably you so much. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. Because I want you to be able to look at that and have some more ideas. And looking at kind of where he is, he's not really – I want you to keep having him imitate words, and that's great, but there are a whole lot of little steps that come first. And I think if you can have him consistently imitating 
these earlier things like exclamatory yeah. words and those kinds of things, he'll he'll get better at imitating and then once he really learns how to do that, then you can move on to single words. But you need some easier targets first. Yeah. And I think those lists in there and those explanations will really help you and it'll just give you some new stuff to try and some different ideas that maybe you haven't used before. So I want you to to be sure to do that. And so you're going to need to send me your shipping address. I don't want you to say it on the air here. Okay. (laughs) Email me with that because I want you to follow that and really take a look at those you know, level three things, which is imitating mouth movements, and then level four stuff. You're going to move on through all that vocal play, even like fake coughing, fake sneezing, all of those little kind of early play sounds. I would really try to get with him. And again, you're not going to be able to put him on the table and say, "Cohen, do this. <laughs> Cohen, do this. I choose. Right. Cohen, do this. Do this. It's going to have to be." in the context of play and in the context of having a ton of fun because then it almost takes the, the focus off and the pressure off and he's going to be able to do it easier too because if he's truly apraxic, all that confrontational, uh, you know, on the spot, especially right now in the beginning, may make it even harder for him. So you want to make it really fun and really um almost reflective, like it's just going to happen without him even really meaning for it to happen. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. Kate, what, what parting words of advice would you have for Chelsea? Um, just to um, get the book and look at some of there's, there's really tons of great ideas, very specific things. They'll tell you how to address certain like she said, work through the steps. I think that um, Laura's book does a great job of kind of explaining how apraxia works and what you do about it. So whether he is or he isn't, this is pretty much the approach I use with all language-delayed kids, and it works. So (laughs) you're you're covered no matter what. (laughs) And I think that's what your therapist is trying to say, too, is that a diagnosis is not going to change how she would treat a kid because she's looking at what he can and can't do to come up with yeah. different ideas, not what's written on a piece of paper. Well, I think that's for me. I thought I would find. I think I thought I would find some sort of comfort in knowing, like this has a name. Like there's almost like there's a reason yeah. for it, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because it seems like, you know, if he were autistic, it would make sense. If he were, you know, not that I would want that to be the case, but you know it. It just is kind of mind-boggling to me <laughs> um, oh, I when know. I look at him because he, you know, he he just he knows what's going on, and you know, he he if you just look at him across the room, he looks like any other twenty-month-old. <laughs> exactly. Um, playing, and then when people, you know, not that people expect twenty-month-olds really to talk much, but after sometimes when with people for an extended length of time, I can tell that they're kind of like, wow, he's really quiet. You know, he doesn't. Yeah really say anything and we and it's right. funny because we've always just said my parents just say you know he's like a ninja he's just so so quiet I mean he he can get into uh-huh. something and you have no idea and right you know we thought that was just the way he was and maybe it partly is um oh but, but you know you know. have done all the right things because you got him into treatment really really early 
I mean, to have him in before he's even 18 months, that is awesome. So you did such a good job with that. Right. And it sounds right. like your therapist, especially your speech pathologist, is really on track with what she's doing. She's already getting him yeah. to sign. She's focused on really realistic goals. She didn't want something like he's going to have 50 words, you know, in eight weeks or something ridiculous like that. You know, she's really keeping it play-based. The ideas that you've said or the things that you've said that she's done, those have been things that Kate and I have talked about or the things that we would do. It sounds like she's picking great target words. You are certainly on the ball. Any mom who would do independent research and then call a show like this, I mean, you can... (laughs) You're doing a great job. So I would, and he and he is going to get better. He is going to talk. Yes. You're right. It's just a matter of when. And you're doing everything to help it be as early as it can. And you'll get there. And that's my whole point. And we see a ton of kids like this, and they end up making really good progress. So that when you look at them before they're two, and then you look at them at three, and they look like different children. Will he be completely age-appropriate by three? Nobody can tell that. Nobody can make that kind of prediction. But it sounds like you're doing everything within the realm of possibility to make that happen. So I would not worry so much about, you know, when it's going to happen. It is going to come eventually. Just keep doing the things that that you've talked about, that we've talked about, would um, help. The whole movement piece, I think, will be huge for him. Yeah. And if you're still kind of thinking about motivation or whatever, you know that's what he likes. So right. that's what I would try to do every day. And any time that you can work that in, you know, have it be movement-based and then really encourage new words and new sounds as you're doing those activities. And there's yeah. some good ideas yeah. in building verbal imitation in toddlers with some different movement um, kinds of things that you may not have done yet either. So take a look at that. But I'd love for you to have that because I think it will be a great resource for you. And it sounds like your therapist is already on board with that sort of thing, but you can talk about maybe some pre-requisites uh, to single words. Yeah. Again, it does sound like she's already doing that. But you'll have some nice lists and some nice additional ideas. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, are Thank you going to you call us calling. back and say, yeah. Um, yeah. we want to hear from you. Let's see, it's January. We want to hear from you by spring break, okay? Chelsea, okay. so we can see okay. how Cohen's doing. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll try to have maybe. a lot more words by then. I hope so. I I, I think, you know, I'm already seeing progress. It's just slow progress, but progress nonetheless. So that's right. that's good. <laughs> that's good. And he really but, is so young. He's so young. So yeah, don't give up. Don't give up hope about that, and just keep doing what you're doing. It sounds like you just need more and more and more. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting me call in. Thanks. Oh, you're for so calling. welcome. It was our pleasure. Thank you so much for calling. We want to hear back from you. Don't forget to email me your address so I can send you the book. Okay, great. Thank you. Have a Bye. great day. Bye. You too. You too. Well, that was a great call to start off our new year. That was a really good call. Yeah, he yeah. sounds like sounds um, a lot like a fair number of kids I've seen over the years. How about you, Laura? I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty classic. Know, we could have, yeah, could have predicted some of those things, but I love that you started identifying what works with the movement stuff. I appreciate her saying it's a real challenge when the 
40-pounder wants to be thrown around as much as the 19-month-old. That's a chore. But she'll figure out how to do it and how to get that movement yeah. piece in there. And I know when we hear back from her, he's going to be doing better. So that's a great, right. great it's call. Easy. I think you're exactly right when she slows it down a little bit and gets him making a lot more noise, a lot more sounds. Yeah. Um, then they kind of get that whole, oh, I do have more of a re- repertoire, but you have to get them. You know, and for those kids, they don't do those. Yeah, and so. I do. Yeah, I do think if they focus less on words and more on other kinds of vocal behaviors, like sounds, inflammatory words, those kinds of things, that she's going to start to hear a lot more, a lot more from him. And he may already have some things that she hasn't really even thought about giving him credit for yet. Because as she went on, she said, "Oh, he said bubble before. Oh, he said pop. You know that kind of thing." And right. And he can do moo, and he can do ba. Yeah. I know. I would. I. I think. I would think of him as a little further along too. At least he's doing those. I mean, exactly. Exactly. And so maybe to kind of change the focus a little bit with giving him credit for all those things that he is doing, he'll start to mm-hmm. look a little bit better. And then it kind of takes some of the pressure off too, even off mom, because she starts feeling like, oh my gosh, it's better than I thought. So. Right. Yeah. I think that's yeah, good. I think a lot of times parents discount all those early sounds because they're not like "quote unquote" real words, right? But but let me, you know what I always say about that? If you can spell it, you should count it as a word. If you can right. describe it, you should count it as a word because it is for a kid who's a late talker. It is right. So we have to make sure that we're giving them credit, and it gives your speech pathologist and even a mom who's really with it. Enough to kind of think, oh, well, gosh, you can kind of do a D when he's doing, you know, whatever sound he's doing. If he's trying to sort of say duck or if he's, you know, trying to sort of say, you know, I think I hear a W. If he's trying to say, well, like the like the train, well, let me try to get it, you know, like the dog, woof, woof. You can sort of start to shape some different words with the sound that you hear in one context and change it over to a new context or a new word. So don't discount those almost words or those pre-words or those little play sounds because they're really, really important. And they are made of the same consonants and vowels that we use to right. make real words. So those in-between steps are so important. So I hope she can get the book and use it and then call us back in eight weeks or so and ten weeks and tell us how, how great he's doing. Sounds like he'd be a, a fun kid on those things. You know, he'll excel because he understands so much, you know. And he's so expressive and, uh, all the yeah. Yeah, to make it easier, I think he'll say, okay, I can do that. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. It is funny when a kid sort of gets that look, right? Uh-huh. It's, it's know, great when they get that look. You go, woo yeah. Got it. I know. He I know. We voice. always doesn't sound like exactly. he quite under you know has ownership of his voice yet, you know. Yeah, but if they'll do the movement stuff and make it more purposeful, uh-huh. and where she's even trying to get yelling and squealing and those kinds mm-hmm. of things, it'll it'll help too. And there's a whole section on that. I think it's at the beginning of level four in um, building verbal imitation and toddlers. I think that's the right level. You know, sometimes after I write something, I put it away and don't look at it again for a long time and kind of get a little foggy on the details there. You have, you have to do your conference again so that you get that <laughs> stuck in your head. I never remember the level. Yeah. 
I know, I need the cheat sheet. But I'm, in the book, she can find that section on getting a kid who's not noisy at all some ideas to be a little noisier. So hopefully that will really, really help her. All right, we are at the end of this hour. Next week we have an amazing guest, Patty Hamaguchi from Hamaguchi oh. and Associates is going to be on, and she's going to talk with us about one of my favorite things, auditory processing, and what that looks like when the kid's having difficulty with that in, uh, as a toddler and as a preschooler. She also has, a, she's a speech pathologist in California and has a big practice. She also has um, apps that she's developed, and she's going to talk to us about when it's appropriate to use apps and when it's not. So that certainly is a very timely topic, and I'm really excited that she's Coming on with us. Yeah. I know be a you've great been show. communicating with her for quite some time. That'll be exciting. It'll be, it'll be fun. All right. Hope you'll join us next week. Thanks. Okay. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye.